Hello and welcome to She's Creative with me, Claire Hodgson. Each episode, I chat to a different woman or non-binary person who works within the media or publishing world and discover how they turned creativity into a career. If you enjoy the podcast, I would love it if you could rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It really helps boost us in the charts. My guest on this episode is my friend Selena Jackson. Selena is a newsreader and bulletin editor at Clyde One, part of the Bauer Media Group. She has previously worked for TFM and freelanced with Kingdom FM. In 2018, she was named Scottish Student Journalist of the Year and Scottish Student Feature Writer of the Year. Welcome, Selena. Hello, thank you for having me. No worries. Uh, Just to start things off, where did you grow up and what did your parents do for a living? Oh, so I grew up in Glasgow and both my parents were in the police. Cool. Do you think that that made you want to get into journalism? Mm, I'm not sure. They always told me just don't join the police. That was just their advice. Um, So in terms of what they expected me to do, I I don't think they really minded other than that. Um, Although I did always have an interest in sort of current affairs and social issues and things like that just probably from having spoken to them a lot about their stories and it was always just something I was really interested in growing up um so I ended up actually studying law which I think was maybe related to the interest that I'd sort of kind Mm -hmm. of gained when I was young because of that um but it, it wasn't really ever something that I could see myself doing in the future it was more just I have an interest in it and it's probably quite a good thing to do yeah um, but yeah that 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 was kind of my reason for doing that but I think it definitely came from speaking to them about yeah like I said social issues and a lot of kind of current affairs and just things that affect people I think that was always what I was kind of inherently interested in underneath all of it yeah when did you know that you wanted to be a journalist From quite a young age, I'd say probably kind of early teens is when I can kind of pinpoint it to that I thought, yeah, I could actually make a career out of this. I think because when you're in high school and you start getting encouraged to do some work experience, um, I started shadowing a couple of journalists when I was maybe about 14 and even Mm -hmm. just going out and interviews with them and kind of hearing people talking about their lives was something that I was really interested in. but yeah, it, it was something that I always knew I was interested in, but didn't really know how to make a career out of it. Yeah. So I think that I, that was kind of a reason why I ended up doing law, because it was something my parents encouraged. They were like, in case you change your mind or in case, you know, you need a kind of something to fall back on and it's something you're interested in, maybe maybe go and do that. And I think probably secretly my dad was like, yes, we're going to have a lawyer in the family. <laughs> and then I graduated and I was like, no, I still want to be a journalist, sorry. But um, <laughs> he really tried. Um, but yeah, yeah, so. Do you, think, do you think that your studying law helped you kind of be more equipped for things like reporting on crime and that kind of thing? I think it's definitely come in handy, yeah. I think especially the patch that I cover now because I work for Clyde One, it's all Glasgow, you do just deal with a lot of crime stories naturally. Mm. It just happens on the patch. So it's definitely helpful having a bit of a knowledge um, of it's maybe things that I didn't necessarily know directly from having done a law degree. But I think because we then went and did a postgrad where I met you, we did kind of 
more of a journalistic legal course and I think just because I sort of already understood some of the principles and some of the issues that could arise from it I think that was definitely really helpful and I think because I do sort of have an interest in it I probably took it in a bit more easily than maybe if I hadn't had that interest and it was just completely foreign to me. Yeah definitely like I always really struggled with media law like I just think it it like stresses me out because I feel like I'm gonna get it wrong and you know and you're always very like on top and like knew what was going on so I feel like your law degree definitely helped. It can be a total minefield but I think it's just probably a case of knowing what the issues could be yeah and then you can sort of almost work back from that point if you kind of preempt what problems you might run into and then yeah work from yeah. there it's a bit easier than starting completely from a blank slate definitely when when you were at Glasgow as well you did a fair bit of student journalism is that I right did. yeah can yes. you tell me about that so I started on the Glasgow student newspaper the Glasgow Guardian I think when I was in second year mm-hmm. um, and I started out I think my first thing that I did there was like a kind of they call it correspondent role, um, which was probably being over generous <laughs> for my skills at the time. I think they were just like, yeah, bog standard reporter, but we'll call you a correspondent. Sounds fancy. Um, and I was doing stuff to do with the sports union there, GUSA, the Glasgow University Sports Association. Um, so I was sort of reporting on them, which was really interesting. I really enjoyed that because I've always had quite an interest in sports as well. It's never something that I really saw myself doing in terms of a reporter job, but just being in that environment of your little kind of I don't want to say mock newsroom that sounds bad because it was actually a really good publication and the people that worked on it were so talented but I think just being in that sort of environment and having your deadlines and having your editors and working with other reporters even though we were all just kind of learning the ropes at the time I just loved and I think that was what kind of solidified in my head like yeah this is this is what you want to be doing not law yeah Definitely. And then you, um, after your law degree, we did the Multimedia Journalism Masters at Glasgow Caledonian University. What did you think of the course? I really liked the course. I thought it was really valuable. Um, There was obviously certain bits of it that maybe weren't that relevant to what I wanted to do or probably what other people wanted to do. Um, There was quite a lot of focus on print journalism, which Mm -hmm. in fairness for me has been really useful in doing work experience and I freelanced for a little time as well. So having that written experience there was really useful. Um, But I think what I probably took the most from it was the focus on getting practical experience. Yeah. And there was a big push for doing a lot of work experience and going out and making contacts and just really sort of putting yourself out there. And I think that's what's been the most valuable to me, definitely. That's how I first got into Clyde, just doing a work placement um, when I was at uni. So yeah, I, I, it was definitely useful to me. It was, yeah, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I think what was really good about our course is it was so hands-on I think compared to other courses just from like what I heard from other journalism courses if they were at more like I don't know Russell group or like traditional unis it was quite um theoretical whereas our course was very like hands-on practical like on the ground which I think was good about it even if I think one of the only one of the only downsides I think was maybe some of the technology was a bit dated like there's been certain things that in fairness I I get the merit in teaching it to you because there was probably little bits of it that are still relevant 
But I remember we would we would go and do radio days and you'd take a Marantz out with you and you'd have your big yeah. Marantz kit. It's like a big <laughs> old cassette recorder almost. You'd take that and your microphone and everything. And I remember, it's, I was so embarrassed. I remember it was my first day doing work experience at Clyde or one of my first days and I got sent out. I think I was just going to do Vox Pops or something like yeah. that. And I was like, oh, can I have a Marantz? And they were like, what? <laughs> Use your phone. I was like, oh, okay. But like, I, to- I get the merit in having taught it. It was probably very useful. Yeah. in some ways but yeah there, there was a lot of stuff that no, I don't want to say overcomplicated it but you find much easier ways of doing yeah. things once you're actually working yeah I remember being so surprised to find out that radio stations use like voice memo and iphone like yeah at that like, blew thing, like that, even people are still really surprised when like yeah. even if I'm doing an interview now and I go do you have whatsapp and they're like why <laughs> and because we use whatsapp voice memos it's just the easiest everyone has an iphone or pretty much everyone has an iphone whereas you can't rely on people having access to a fancy microphone or anything like that to send things to you so it's you definitely find ways of just making your life a lot easier yeah for sure i think as well with the course like one other thing i could think of was it was very focused on traditional news and like being a staff reporter i think we had like a couple lectures about freelancing yeah and there was like a, a little bit on writing features but um I think that's another thing with kind of not moving with the times but I think a lot more people are freelance now Definitely. and there's a lot less staff jobs and I think yeah that could be something that could probably be on more journalism courses is how to be a freelancer yeah I agree with that because I think it's probably pretty uncommon now to go in somewhere as like a junior reporter or something like that and then kind of work your way up I think that was definitely the way in maybe 10 20 years ago mm-hmm. but now I know both of us and a lot of our other our other friends that were on that course started out by freelancing mm-hmm. and I think that that is a really good way for a lot of people to get a foothold in the industry kind of get your feet under the table make contacts I think it it would be helpful to know more about that because Certainly from my experience, there was a lot of it that I just thought I'm completely winging this. I don't know what the protocol yeah. is here, what I'm expected to do, how to even invoice someone, like what's what's the etiquette here? So it, things like that would be really helpful, I think, to teach people a lot more about. Yeah, definitely. Um, you were saying you got your start through work experience. What, yeah. was, the, what was the first work experience you ever did, like just generally? Oh, so first journalism work experience was probably at the Daily Record. Mm -hmm. I did that when I was at school um, and I think it was just like my week's work experience that, you know, they were getting you to do stuff when you were applying for uni and things like that to kind of figure out what you liked. So I went and shadowed a reporter at the Daily Records and I remember went out on stories with her, which was great. And I also did a week's work experience at STV but that was more in their legal department because I was sort of straddling the two the two options at the time um so that that was a really good one for me because I was sort of seeing the broadcast side but what we were doing which was actually really fun was going over a lot of the scripts for programming and I was kind of working with their I think they had kind of in-house lawyers at the time I'm not sure if they would still have that but kind of working with their in-house team on sort of potential legal issues and scripts and stuff which was really interesting I found it better than sitting reading case law yeah do you have any tips for people that might be applying for work experience or looking I think it's a difficult time just now because yeah 
I don't know what other places are doing. In fairness, we are still doing a sort of virtual work experience, which okay, yeah. brings its own challenges, definitely. Um, and I think that must be quite terrifying at times, <laughs> going on a Zoom call with all these people that you've never met before and having to pitch ideas. I just think, oh my God, like hats off to you because you're all doing, I don't know if I could do that. Um, but I think it's just push the experience you've already got if you've got good ideas just bring them to the table I know it all sounds so cliched and like the sort of stuff that everyone says but don't just sit and wait for people to come to you with things that you need to do I know that when we've had people in and work ex you know you're the ones that stick out the most and the ones that you remember are the ones that come to you and say listen do you mind if I pitch this idea to you it's something that I can go away and work on if you don't need me to do anything else just now and that's great even if it's something that you don't end up using just mm -hmm. knowing that someone has that sort of proactive attitude and is ha like even just having the confidence to pitch a story I know it can be really really daunting especially when you're quite young I know that I've been really scared to pitch things before because I'm like oh my god what I think it's rubbish yeah um but I think even just doing that is valuable in itself because one it gives you the confidence to do it and you're learning stuff actually then following through the steps of getting that story doing the interview and potentially getting something that could go into broadcast or you know could go into print or anything like that I think it's a big confidence boost for people as well yeah definitely um when when did you first your work experience with Clyde so that was during the master's course that we were doing during mm -hmm. post-grad so it would have been in January 2018 so okay. yeah just over three years ago um I went in there and I did two weeks work experience um, and yeah, again, it just your kind of classic work experience, just going in shadowing the team. But I was probably quite lucky in that the news team there is quite small. So I think sometimes you can go into some newsrooms and you get a little bit swamped by how many yeah. people are there. It, it can be quite intimidating. But the team there, you know, all credit to them, were so welcoming and it was it was a, a really good couple of weeks you know they would actually put you on stories you didn't just feel like a spare part you felt like you, you were actually being useful um so yeah I went in and did two weeks there worked on a few stories with them and then just basically pestered my now boss for <laughs> months afterwards like hi I'm free do you have shifts uh-huh <laughs> um what tips would you have for people that what are trying to like turn work experience into paid work I think um, this this is a difficult one because it totally depends on someone's circumstances. I think be prepared to perhaps do a sort of extended work experience almost. You know, you might be asked to come back for another week and it might not be paid, which I know isn't possible for everyone. So that that is a difficult one. But if you are able to do that and, you know, you're fortunate to be in the position that you're not completely relying on that income at the time, do it 100% it's it can be really valuable I was really fortunate I was living with my parents at the time so it was something that I was able to do um but I think that that is really valuable um and just when you have the time just constantly be pitching to places pick up little bits of work here and there don't think that anything is maybe not relevant to your path or kind of dismiss anything out of hand because you think oh well it's, it's not really what I want to be doing because all of these things you can learn mm -hmm. little bits from you know for example I did quite a bit of work on like just a little community magazine that you know I, I'm not I wasn't particularly interested in a career in print journalism but I learned a lot from doing 
that and then actually going to editors and saying, you know, this is what I've been doing in the meantime shows that you've kind of, you've, you've got that. Yeah. The right kind of attitude, I guess, to go out and just find work. Do you think that, um, do you think that you needed your journalism degree or your NCTJ to get the job that you have now? Like, do you think that you would have been able to do it without those things? It's hard to tell. Um, I'm not sure because a lot of the people that I work with came into journalism from kind of different points in their sort of student career, if that makes sense. Um, So some people were maybe doing a journalism degree and then left early because there was an opening for a job. So they maybe didn't graduate, but they've got all those practical skills that they've learned from just working in the job, which I think is a lot more valuable in a lot of ways. Um, but I, I do think that it definitely was useful to me in terms of just even having the contacts at uni that could pass me on to people at Clyde and could say, look, this is who to contact if you want work experience. Because I, I don't know if I would have got that otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think it was useful from, from that point of view. Yeah, I feel like so much of the whole work experience thing is like confidence. Because when you're, when you're, I don't know, between the ages of like 18 and 22, you have so much less confidence. Well, I had so much less confidence than I do now. Oh, and yeah. now I know that people that age, a lot of the time, you know, it's just a case of finding the person in charge where you want to do work experience. And a lot of the time they will say yes to work experience because I think people don't realize that you can be, you can be as much of an asset to them sometimes as they can be to you. Completely, completely. Having work experience is so valuable to a company because it's even just someone coming in with some fresh ideas that you go, that's a great idea. Like we didn't, we didn't think of doing that. Like that, that's brilliant. And it's, I think it's a great thing for companies to do. Um, but you're right. I think a lot of it does come down to confidence, especially as, you know, a young student. And I think there, there can be a perception, particularly in journalism, that you need to be really bullshy and, you know, almost a little bit cocky to get ahead and I don't think that's true yeah. um I think sometimes it's the it's the idea that you know the person that shouts the loudest and is the most outgoing and the funniest is the one that's going to make most of an impact and while that might be true in some situations you you don't need to be that sort of personality to do well in the industry I don't think so I know that that's something that I worried about when I was applying for work experience and even when I was going in and work experience I was going you know that person seems a bit more confident a bit more outgoing than I am maybe they're going to make more of an impression but that's not what people are looking at it's what you can actually offer as a journalist so I, I wouldn't worry about yeah trying trying to be something that you're not yeah 100% I agree I've been in situations in work experience when I was younger and I thought oh god they're like they're so much louder than me they're like being best friends with the person or whatever yeah. but they're making everyone laugh so you yeah know, they're, they're in, like it doesn't it doesn't really work like that yeah definitely and as well the the whole the NCTJ thing or having a journalism degree like I knew people that I've worked with in the past that didn't have a journalism degree like that's actually quite common I think more common than people would assume Definitely. I think a lot of the time if if you get in there on work experience well I mean certainly on our on our course so many of the people in our course 
got their first job through work experience like I would say probably like I don't know three quarters of the people did that yeah Yeah. definitely and I think a lot of that just comes down to you know we're talking about personalities there I think that is a huge part of it maybe I'm guessing something that I see a lot in the type of journalism that I do you know it's it's news and it's kind of human interest stories and you're you're talking to people a lot of the time and things like that you know like people skills person skills people skills you know aren't really something that can be taught through a degree it's it's just Mm -hmm. about being empathetic and knowing what questions to ask at the right time kind of it's there's a knack to kind of getting people to open up to you and that's it sounds so cheesy and so cliched but there there's certain things that you know you will learn more from just going out and doing it and getting that experience than from passing an exam in it yeah absolutely I think even I think even not being scared to talk to someone on the phone is like a great start massive Massive, (laughs) yeah I think that's something that you hear people saying so often now I guess because people you know in their 20s and younger we've just grown up texting so yeah. talking on the phone to someone seems so unnatural because it's it's not what you do but that's such a massive part just being able to yeah. pick up the phone and introduce yourself and have a chat to someone is Definitely. so crucial because you, you can't just rely on sending emails as easy as that would make life and as oh, lovely as that would be sometimes but you just you have to know how to phone bash yeah that's one of the things um when when I was a staff reporter in Dundee honestly like I spent most of my day just phoning people and I think if someone is pursuing a career in journalism that's something that they should know that you have to phone people all the time definitely (laughs) and some people might not want to talk to you you know some people might be having a bad day and they've spoken to a lot of journalists already that day and they could not see it far enough but you just kind of have to persist with it yeah and I think as well just not think about it like if you think about it too much you need to just kind of jump in at the deep end to just think right I'm phoning this person and it'll probably Definitely. be fine <laughs> at the end like that was something I always told myself like even when I was on work experience and you would be asked oh can you phone so and so and you'd even feel a little bit self-conscious then being like oh my god everyone in the office is listening to me taking a phone. yeah you feel like you're being tested on yeah. your phone etiquette at the time but you need to just think you know the person at the other end of the phone is not going to go home and think about how I introduced myself this morning like you you just need to do it and get on with it and realistically no one else is thinking about it so just don't don't let it freak you out too much you'll do yeah. the first one and once it's out of the way it gets a lot easier after that definitely you you did a fair bit of work experience at the BBC as well can you tell me about that yeah so I did a few different things at the BBC I think I was there three times on work experience so mm-hmm. the very first time I went was when I was still doing my undergrad degree and absolutely loved it so I was working with their investigations team at BBC Scotland and it was brilliant I think because I guess that's a big part of why I wanted to get into journalism because I'm just really nosy um, so doing investigations was just like a dream for me it was brilliant and I was working with such established talented journalists that just feeling like I was even just working with them felt like such a privilege Um, and I learned so much from them so it was Mark Daly at the BBC who was sort of leading up that investigation at the time and it was actually into historical child sex abuse in Scottish football so it was it was a really heavy investigation that they were doing at the time but I think just if you ever get the opportunity to work on something like that if you're in with a news team just don't let 
the subject matter, don't you? Because it, it was very heavy and there was times I was thinking, oh my God, like this, this is, this is horrible. But it's, it's the job. Do you know, like sometimes you are going to have to work on horrible things, but working with journalists like that was just brilliant. So did that for, I think was it, it was maybe a week or two weeks that I did there. Um, mm-hmm. I think when I was in fourth year of my undergrad. And then I went back to the BBC probably about a year later, did some stuff on the nine yeah. when it was just launching um, when they were starting to do their kind of pilot programmes. So it was essentially like a researcher job that I was doing when I was in there. Again, it was just a work experience role. And I get like we've just been talking about, it was just phone bashing, just trying to book in guests for the show and sort of almost pitching what the story idea was and telling them how they could contribute to it and why you wanted to hear from them. And that was really good. It was a good experience. Um, and after that, went in and did a very similar thing for Good Morning Scotland. So sort of moving more towards the radio side. So that was actually when I was starting to freelance. So I was picking up shifts elsewhere at that point, but went in and did that, which was brilliant because it was a very different format to the stuff that I was doing elsewhere. Um, And again, yeah, just phone bashing, pitching ideas, pitching stories, even thinking about how to treat a story, which is something I hadn't really done before in terms of you've got your subject matter, that's great. But rather than just assuming, oh, we'll go and speak to this expert about it, it's like, well, actually, would this be better with a real human voice, if that makes sense? You know, just hear from Joe Bloggs down the street. So that was that was really useful. Um, so, yeah, I've done a few things at the BBC, all in completely different departments, which have been brilliant. Um, I was, you know, working with such experienced journalists that you just it's a privilege to get the opportunity to learn from them and kind of learn their tips. Do you have any advice for people that are trying to secure work experience at the BBC? Um, It's a difficult one because I think if the process is still the way it was when I was there, um, you sort of have to do, it's almost like a job application form, if I'm remembering it correctly, which can be pretty difficult. but the way that I actually got work experience on Good Morning Scotland was just from applying for a job that was going and went and interviewed for the job, obviously didn't get the job, but they'd said, we would like you to come in and do do this. So I wouldn't actually be scared to just apply for vacancies when they come mm-hmm. up, even if you feel like it might not be a job that you would get or you may not be qualified for at the time. You may be, you know, you might just be completely underestimating yourself, but I think that that's a good way to just even get a foot in the door and like you've said, get your face shown and get to speak to someone face to face, I think is really valuable. You're not just another application form on a screen. Um, so that that was definitely really useful for me. Um, yeah, it, it was just applying for trainee schemes, applying for jobs and just actually getting the chance to speak to a human being. Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, you were saying as well, you started out doing a lot of uh, freelance stuff. So you're freelance at Clyde and you also did Kingdom FM and... Kingdom FM and Fife, yeah. And, yeah. and did a little bit at Central and yeah. yeah, just some print stuff as well. Just a little community magazine close to where I lived. Um, so yeah, loads of different things. Just basically picking up, you know, whoever whoever would have me. What kind of advice do you have for people who are self-employed? 
it sounds like complete cliched nonsense but just be so organized that's something that you just need to learn when you're self-employed like keep on top of all of your invoices know when they're due know when they should be paid be prepared to send a lot of emails chasing (laughs) up unpaid invoices it will be the bane of your life but just do not give up on it um yeah just be super organized i made a spreadsheet like yeah it was it was just microsoft excel hell but it was it was very (laughs) useful when it came to my tax return at the end of the year but yeah it's time consuming but definitely worth it rather than trying to chase everything up when it's due and not having an idea of what what you're what you're due and when yeah definitely um so you were your freelance at Clyde and that's and then that eventually led to a staff role is that right yeah so I was just picking up some kind of casual shift as a reporter maybe you know one or two a week just doing like bank holiday cover things like that at first and then there was a job came up as it was a bulletin editor so like a newsreader um for a couple of their stations in Ayrshire and Dumfries so I think that was a I think it was Wednesday to Sunday that I worked um and again it was just on a freelance basis I wasn't staff at that point but I picked that up which was brilliant because it was like the first time I'd had proper full-time hours anywhere which was great so I did that for a few months and then there was a new role created at the company which was a it was a sort of pan UK role which was quite exciting um and it was four till midnight which I look back on now and I go how did I do that but at the time <laughs> I was I was so excited I was like they trust me to do this job this is brilliant and in fairness I learned a lot from it it was great and I think just in terms of a confidence boost being like people trust me that I can do this job and not completely mess it up so again that was just on a freelance basis but full-time which was great so I did that for five or six months I think Um, Mm -hmm. and then a staff job came up working on their stations for Aberdeen and Dundee so I moved to that one. So I feel like I've just like jumped all around the country in my time there. So I did that one for um, probably just under a year. And then the job at Clyde One came up and yeah, I've been doing that one for just over a year now. So that that was always, you know, that, that, that one was really exciting just because it was the station that I'd sort of grown up listening to. And it's, it's my patch as well. Do you know, it's, you yeah. always adapt to whatever you're working for, but talking about Glasgow, given that I've, been born grown up and I live in Glasgow just as it was it was quite exciting for me so yeah that's that's where I am now when you were was it a special what was it called special correspondent when you were on from four till midnight what was that called again? oh no you're oh god no you're being far too complimentary here <laughs> um <laughs> what was we sort of gave me like the unofficial role of like night watchman which made it sound really cool um but that that's essentially what it was I was basically they created that role not long after the Leicester helicopter crash um obviously down south because that happened quite late at night and it was it was one of those situations where there they sort there there weren't many people on shift at the time so it was just sort of a case of whoever's available just scramble mm-hmm. um so I think they sort of decided after that that it would be really helpful to have someone as you know this night watchman sort of keeping an eye on things and right. so it meant that if that happened I could flag straight away to the team that were down south and you know I could be in the studio doing bulletins in the meantime until someone could get into their local studio 
and I could be sending them all down. So it was it was just sort of a security blanket just to know that if something major did kick of course, off, yeah. someone would be there. They could start putting in calls while reporters were getting out to the scene. Um, so it was it was actually quite exciting being given a job like that because I was just constantly scouting all around the UK, just looking for looking for things that were happening. Um, and yeah, I mean, most of the time there was never anything major like that, thankfully, but just even little little bits that were happening, you know, a block of flats being evacuated in Manchester because of a gas leak or something like that. And again, we go back to the technology that you use now. I was able to be sitting in the office in Glasgow interviewing someone in Manchester over WhatsApp and leaving them audio for the next morning. So it, it was possible in a way that I, I don't think it would have been maybe a few years ago, but it was a great job for, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed me to take on and to feel like I was being trusted with that. Yeah, because you must have, your stories must have been like broadcast on like across like the national stations. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a good thing with the company that I'm at because there's so much focus on local news, which I mm -hmm. think is so valuable. Um, I, th I think it's just brilliant, but it's part of a kind of nationwide network. So you have little local stations, but there is this bigger kind of family of employees, if you like, which sounds quite cheesy, but a bigger kind of network of employees. And you are able to get in contact with all of them really easily, which is great. So yeah, you could be doing something for the station down in Leeds or even in Belfast or something like that, which was brilliant to be able to have that sort of contact with other stations just all over the UK. But again, it was a total focus on local news as opposed mm -hmm. to a national a national network broadcast so have you always been a bulletin editor or have you also done reporting roles as well yeah so when I was freelancing at Clyde originally that was all just kind of reporter roles so you were just covering whatever had to be covered whether it was you know a protest or a council budget or anything like that. Um, so yeah, you, you would just basically get thrown onto whatever was needed to be covered that day. Um, I also did a bit of reporting through at their station in Edinburgh for, it was probably three or four weeks over summer, which again was great because, I mean, I, I knew very little about Edinburgh, like I've not spent a lot of time there, but it was great just getting to work with the team through there. And yeah, so I, I did a lot of reporting as a freelancer, but since then, Mm -hmm. most of my focus has been on bulletin editing because that, that's kind of what I prefer um, yeah to be honest can you can you tell me what it's like to be a reporter for those that don't know what the what a typical day would be like I guess that's the thing there isn't really a typical day you just need yeah. to be prepared to drop everything and run at any point um, I would say just always be prepared all the time for anything so I mean even just on a really practical small fry level always have some food in your bag always have a bottle <laughs> of water on you do you know like it sounds so silly but things like that just come in so handy have a good jacket in your car because you phone never charger. know when, yeah absolutely <laughs> have you know a like even have a little phone mount for your car for using a sat nav because the cars that you drive won't always have a sat nav in them do you know it's such silly little things like that but I just learned them as I went because there was a day that, you know, I didn't have food with me and I was out for six hours and I was going, oh, I'm absolutely starving here. So little practical things like that. But I think as well, just be prepared to not bluff. That sounds bad. 
but sort of wing it as you go because you yeah. might not always have time to completely ram up on a subject before you're asked to go out and interview someone so you need to get good at just condensing material into some little kind of snappy points in your head first that you go right what what do I need to get out of this story what's the point why am I doing this what's the point why am I speaking to this person and I think just getting that in your head quite quickly is really useful because you know you could be speaking to a union leader one day you could be speaking to the lady down the road about her bins being collected the next you'd be speaking to a football manager the day after so it's just about knowing how to bram up and yeah again it's it sounds bad but almost knowing how to wing it if you don't yeah really know that much about the topic just yeah. carry yourself with confidence yes absolutely and you are bulletin editor for Clyde now yes what is your what's a typical day like so I work the early shifts I do the breakfast show so I start work at five o'clock and I work until I mean I've done four till midnight before so early shifts are a scoosh um <laughs> I much prefer it I never used to do be a morning you? person before but I really enjoy them now actually um so start work at five usually work until about one half one in the afternoon so my job is basically to write the bulletins every hour and then go and read them live so you're it's it's good in the morning because you sort of have an idea of what you're coming into your reporters have left you local stories you've also got national stories so it's just about kind of prioritizing what's important that day what you should be running where picking your best audio you know it's it's radio you only have two minutes in a bulletin to get someone's attention and I think especially for me you know I'm I'm reading during a breakfast show which is so fun and so high energy that I don't want to be the newsreader that everyone goes oh so boring just turn this off no done <laughs> like you need you need to try and read it in a way that is engaging to the audience that that you're reading to yeah so you know you will have a totally different style of reading on Clyde One as you would on BBC Scotland for example because you're just you're just reading to your audience um but yeah it's pulling everything together we do you know some web content as well you you just kind of need to be I don't want to say an all-rounder that's given myself too much credit but you are an all-rounder involved oh you're being very you, kind, no you're but... like you're probably the most all-round person I know honestly oh gosh <laughs> no just very very good at winging it is what we're going for but no it's you do you do a little bit of everything in it and you know you you might need to pick up interviews at times as well and do a little bit of reporting and yeah so that's that's what my job is it's writing the bulletins trying to make news and particularly this year a lot of bad news yeah relevant and something that you know people will still want to engage with which can be very challenging but it's I, th I think this year especially it's just really brought home to me the importance of having a, a kind of trusted news service and really fact checking everything before it goes out and making sure that things are balanced and uh, yeah I think that's probably been one of the most challenging things to me recently is I mean I know it's more of a kind of phenomenon that's taken over the last few years everywhere but just fake news and mm -hmm. seeing how deeply ingrained a lot of people's views and opinions and how they perceive the media are um which I think can it can be quite disheartening at times because you know 
I'm I'm talking for the people that I work with. They're brilliant reporters, and I know that you know nobody is ever going in with an agenda to try and push an angle or anything like that. But you will always have people that are convinced that you're either you know take the take politics for example. You're either completely against the government or you're completely for the government, mm. and they will see and they will hear what they want to see and hear. So it's sort of about trying to just do do your own work justice and hope that people will see that you're you're just doing as as well as you can yeah yeah I think uh, people are always gonna they're always just gonna use the evidence to back up their own opinion you know definitely and I think especially recently you know with you know I've I've the whole time I've been on Clyde basically we've been in a pandemic yeah. which has been a bit mad. It's not what I expected my first year in the job to look like. Um, but that that's something that is quite difficult at times, especially when, you know, you might have an incredible interview with someone who is currently in hospital with coronavirus. And, you know, you're, you're speaking to them and you see, you see and you hear the effect that it's having on them and you'll get people going, no, it's an actor. No, it's, oh, well, that's, you know that's that's fine for you but it doesn't affect other people and you just go this this is a human being like mm-hmm. that I think that's that's really difficult at times just knowing that no matter what you do or what you say people are they're ju- they're just not going to believe you um, yeah especially right now it's and so you know, you're going, I'm not trying to convince you about anything I'm, I'm just trying to tell you what is fact yeah which yeah it it can be it can be quite disheartening at times but it's it's a an interesting challenge to try and deal with so are you doing a live bulletin every hour the breakfast show comes like live from glasgow every morning so every part of the breakfast show with george in the morning is all live so news between like six seven eight night like on the hour and all the headlines they all come live which is brilliant um doing live radio is a lot of fun it's terrifying at times. <laughs> do you, you get used to it? Do you get nervous when you're doing yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Like normally, once I'm kind of in the swing of it, it's fine. But when I always find is when I've maybe had a week off, mm, and yeah. then I get proper Sunday night fear. And then first thing on Monday morning, I go to put the fader up at six o'clock, and I go, Oh, <gasps> what have I just? <laughs> I've forgotten what to do. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. What if I fall over myself? And you just get the nervous tummy again. It's so funny. Um, but no, it's it's great fun. Or, you know, if you're dealing with something breaking with two minutes to go before the bulletin, you're kind of frantically writing it as you're reading, you know, you come out and you go, oh, okay, breathe. Like, it can be quite terrifying, but I think it's that sort of adrenaline kick that you get with it that is what I kind of love about it. That's, you know, do, doing live news is just so much fun because you have the opportunity to react to things as they're coming in. And, you, you know, you might even just be reading something going, oh, I don't know why I've put that there and you're just editing as you're going and trying to make sense of everything um but no it's it's great fun doing it in the morning yeah I think um when I was younger before I worked in radio I didn't realize like the sheer amount of work that goes into radio news you know because I didn't um before I've worked in I worked for um a station in Dundee and I was like a a news reporter before And before I, I had that job, I didn't really know the full amount of work that went into 
uh, creating the news. And for those that don't know, most radio stations, I think every radio station has to have news. Um, yeah, if you've got yeah. your local content, it's just a requirement of your license yeah. that you need to have a certain amount of local content in your bulletin, a sort of rounded story. Yeah, so typically it's like on our two or three minute bulletin and you know people like you they're the ones reading it out and there's like a script on the screen and you know there's reporters that help create the stories and all the little audio clips that you might hear they're maybe like 15 second clips and those little clips are done through you know maybe like a a 20 minute interview with someone and then it's all condensed down to this little clip um yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't know like the sheer amount of work that goes into that, you know. That's the funny thing, the number of people that I've met that they go, what's your job? And I say, oh, I, I read the news. And they go, oh, that's great. So what do you do for the rest of the hour? And they think <laughs> yeah. that you just walk into the studio and there's a <laughs> script just magically there appeared in front of you and you read for two hours and then go and have a cup of tea. Like that would that would be great. I would love that job. Um, but no, it's even just, you know, like you say, condensing little 15 second clips it can take a long time because even just little silly things about, you know, do I have too many politicians in this bulletin? Do I need a different voice on this? And just trying to keep everything balanced and re- like, you know, your reporters will have written a story and, you know, they'll have always done it brilliantly, but you might go, mm, I need to actually rewrite that because mm-hmm. I don't have space for this bit in my bulletin. You're just rewriting and editing and condensing constantly because you're trying to cram as much news as you possibly can into a little two minute bulletin. Um, so yes, yeah, yeah, it's it's funny when people say that and they go, oh, that that must be great, you know, you read for two minutes and then you sit with the papers and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. For those that don't know, it's quite um, it can be quite a high pressure, stressful job. And, and the typical thing that happens is you finally manage to craft your bulletin and then at six minutes to the hour something breaks and you go. Uh, what do I do? Yeah. How do how do I cram that in and you're yeah like I say you're just frantically writing as you're reading a lot of the time but ugh, it's all the fun of it once you get out that studio and it's gone terribly and you've not taken the station off air then you can sort of <laughs> and you go oh, okay it's fine I've done it because in radio you're reporting on things as they happen like with print you might have you know you have slightly longer deadlines but radio is you know very much like if something happens at 11 50 and it's announced it it'll need to be in like the 12 o'clock bulletin whereas print will have longer it's it's one of those really valuable mediums i think in that way because you're probably able to react to things more quickly than you are anywhere else you don't need to worry about getting a tv camera out to a scene you can you know like i say like i've already said you know you can grab an eyewitness on whatsapp until you can get someone out there and you can just have bits coming as as you're reading basically you can just constantly be creating content which is brilliant um and you can get so much atmosphere and so much emotion into some audio that i think you sort of underestimate until yeah. you're dealing with a story and suddenly a reporter sends something in from a scene and you go what well, like it just knocks you sideways mm-hmm. because I think you you don't really realize how colorful and how powerful it can be until you hear it. Um, like a, a good example of that is, you know, in the last year we had the awful stabbing in Glasgow city center and bless him. One of our reporters was straight out to it and he was there all afternoon. He was reporting, he was speaking to eyewitnesses and 
we were in that really fortunate situation where he can send things back to us and we can just get them on air there and then yeah which is brilliant you don't have that luxury everywhere but it's it's really a brilliant medium for breaking news particularly when it's something local that's happening in your patch the same up in Aberdeen the Stonehaven rail disaster a reporter was out there all day and I know that it was such a valuable resource to have then because you know pe- naturally people just want updates they want to know what's happening and he was able to bring them as often as he had to which I think just can't be underestimated how valuable that is yeah absolutely and um I feel like there's been a lot more focus on social media how how much of your job is social media quite a lot surprisingly yeah. um or maybe not surprising but I think going by the demographic that particularly Clyde One caters to you know everyone pretty much that listens will be on social media in some form um so but you 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 get very different audiences depending on which social media platform you're using so for example twitter is something that you know a lot of football fans who listen to super scoreboard which is on clyde one at night time they will use twitter to get so much of their news because their twitter account is massive so that tends to be a lot of the people that we will find reacting to our news stories because they're there already whereas there's other things that um i think particularly kind of looking at the stats a lot of women will use facebook instead um so it's it's really good having those platforms because not only can you go more in depth in a story that you might not have space to do in a two-minute news bulletin but you can also encourage people to go and listen to the bulletins and say yep we've got more on this in the hour and particularly with breaking stories again it's they're they're really valuable yeah and I think we're still we're still learning a lot about the best way to optimize social media because it's changing so quickly all the time um yeah and you know you you get so many media organizations that are just so on the ball they have dedicated digital teams that just they're brilliant at it they know how to use it so well so I think we're all just kind of almost trying to learn from each other in terms of what works and the best ways to frame things yeah absolutely I I guess the good thing particularly that I've noticed with a lot of radio recently is how many young people are involved in it which I think is great both presenters and and Mm -hmm. in news teams I think it's maybe seen as almost a more accessible way to get into media because you know not not everyone wants to be in front of a camera which I completely you know I hate being in front of a camera so I completely understand that and it's it's just so much fun doing radio like that's something that even this year there's been so many horrible things to report on but there's been so many brilliant moments as well you know obviously I've just touched on it like Clyde One's a massive football station and we did so much on Scotland's Euro qualifier and honestly it, it was just one of the two of the most fun days actually I've ever had in the studio like in the build-up to it and then coming in the next day and one of our presenters is lying asleep in reception the next morning when I came in he hadn't ever left but like just things like that are so much fun as well you know you're going live on the radio when you know that everyone is still on such a high and you feel like you're just really talking to people and you know you're really sort of 
feeling the mood of everyone at the time. I know it sounds so cheesy, but it was no, just so much fun. And I think it was so refreshing having a bit of good news for once and just knowing that everyone was sort of celebrating at the same time was just so lovely. Um, so it, that was definitely a, a sort of high for me and just seeing how many young people are involved in putting content and programming and news together is, is amazing. Like we, we have a lot of really young reporters on our news team yeah, and they're just brilliant. I think we've got a really good mix of kind of more senior experienced editors and people on our team who've, you know, worked in radio for 25 years and they know more about it than I could ever even dream of knowing. But at the same time, you think young people coming in that have got fresh ideas and they go, well, you know, just because that just because that was done before doesn't mean it has to be done again. So why don't we consider this? And I think it's it's a really great way. So it wasn't ever something that, you know, when I was at school, I thought, oh, I want to be on the radio. But when we were doing work ex at uni and things like that, it was the one that I did. And I just I just really enjoyed it. I think a yeah. lot of people really under underestimate it. And I think you you maybe feel the same way like just even having been in a radio studio and just the atmosphere it's just it's it's a lot of fun so yeah I would I would really encourage anyone who's interested in media to at least give it a chance what um just to finish things off do you have any just general advice for people that are pursuing like a similar career to yourself good question I would say just be open-minded I know that you may have a preconceived idea of I want to go into sports or I want to go into politics or, you know, whatever. And that's brilliant. Like having a passion and having something that you know a lot about is so valuable. But I would say, especially when you're starting out, don't confine yourself to just wanting to do work experience or just do stories about that subject because take funny routes into things you know it's yeah you never know what might open a door into sports or anything like that you know we we have a lot of people who now work on our sports team who came through as a news reporter but you know they, they always knew they wanted to be a sports reporter but you do the news and you do what's available at the time and that's the way to meet people and it opens up so many opportunities for you just get your foot in the door get to know people make good connections you know just almost make a good name for yourself just be known as the person that's useful and the person that is happy to help out and has a good attitude and I think that takes you that can really be a lot of the key to it um maybe more so than anything else just being the person that's nice to have in the office and that people know will be helpful I think is really important so by all means pursue what you want to specialize in but don't think there's only one route into it because nine times out of ten there's not and you might get into it in a totally different way from what you expected That was Clyde One newsreader and bulletin editor Selena Jackson. You can find her on Twitter at underscore Selena Jackson. 
I'll be back with another episode in two weeks. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your podcast app of choice and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. You can find the podcast on social media at She's Creative Pod and I'm on social media at underscore Claire Hutch. See you next time.